0: Welcome to episode 22 of the Between the Lines podcast. This past weekend, the 2021 draft occurred and players had their fates decided for seasons to come. We rank our winners and losers of the draft, biggest steals, and biggest undrafted free agents that could make an an impact on their prospective teams. We also discussed one of the most debated questions in the current age of the, the draft. Is taking a running back early in the draft worth it?
1: Uh, let's get into it. So, for our first section of the day, we're ranking the three winners and the three biggest losers of the NFL draft. So, we'll we'll start with our three winners. Let's start with three with Liam.
2: Um, I don't really have them in a particular order, but at three, I have the Vikings. So, uh, the Vikings got possibly the second best lineman in the draft with Virginia Tech's Christian Dariusaw at twenty three. Um, they also possibly found their replacement for Kirk Cousins with uh, Texas A&M's quarterback, Kellen Mond, in the third round. Um, all around, they had a very solid draft that filled some holes of need. And with a uncertain future in the NFC North, this draft class could help propel them to the number one spot in the NFC North.
0: Yeah, I also had uh, Minnesota Vikings here at three. Like Like Liam said... Um, they took Christian saw which was a very great, great pick and a great value pick for them. They got Kellen Kellen Mond that might proceed, um, Kirk Cousins. They also got Chesterat, White Davis, and Patrick Jones, which were also great picks. I love White Davis. I think he should have went higher. Um, I think this was all in all a very successful draft for Minnesota.
1: You know, I'm gonna go another NFC North team, which isn't the Bears. Uh, I like I like the Detroit Lions draft here for a couple reasons. Um, they really put together an on-brand draft, you know, building through the trenches. This is a I'm gonna beat your kneecaps type of draft. And uh, Dan that, Campbell, Dan Campbell, of course. And so player-wise, uh, Sewell falling to them was just lucky, uh, and it's just uh, it's a great addition for them. I think McNeil is a great interior defensive lineman uh Barnes the linebacker they drafted late athletic good hitter uh and i mean they just they put together an on brand Dan Campbell type draft so that's why i like him
2: um my number 2 winner of the draft is actually Alec your team the Chicago Bears um while they did trade up and i do think they gave up a little bit too much they did get their possible franchise quarterback in Justin Fields after the uh, Mitchell Trubisky experiment didn't go as well as they planned. Um, in the second round, I also thought they got a steal when they selected um, tackle Tevin Jenkins out of Oklahoma State. Jenkins is probably the best right tackle in this class. Unbelievable pass blocker, great length, and he has the possibility to be a Trent Williams-type staple on the Bears O-line. That doesn't even mention they had – pretty as similar to the Vikings a very good uh, day two and three draft
0: yeah I, I really I also had the Bears here um, with on my number two slot I think this was a phenomenal I actually disagree with him I think the trade up was phenomenal I love Justin Fields at 11 uh, I can't believe he fell down that far um, but I think I think behind Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence he was the best quarterback so I think that Chicago got their new franchise quarterback. Um, I also really love Tevin Jenkins. I think he has the potential to be a several-time All-Pro uh, right tackle, and they they addressed all their needs and they they did they did what they had to to get to surround um, Fields.
1: Yeah, you'll you'll hear about the Bears from me later. But at at two, I've got the Jets. Uh, absolute great great draft. Uh, really, you could tell from early on their emphasis was on offense. Uh, Zach Wilson, love Zach Wilson, uh, great quarterback, uh, really the, a no-brainer pick for them. But uh, I like Elijah Vera Tucker there, uh, great powerful guard, uh, and then they did get Elijah Moore, and that that's someone who I like too. Uh, and then in the fourth round, uh, I also like Michael Carter from North Carolina. That was it was just a huge like infusion of talent on offense so that's what they needed so that's why that's why I've got them at two
2: um at not at my number one spot I have another north team this time in the AFC I have the Cleveland Browns um I feel like they really hit the nail on the head with every single one of their selections they filled holes in the cornerback spot with drafting Greg Newsome out of Northwestern and then in the second round, they got a massive steal when they selected linebacker Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, um, who slid to the second round only because of a, uh, a possible heart condition. Um, those were the two spots that the Browns really struggled with. And these two picks, if they turn out as well as they can, um, the Browns could be, could be looking to be Super Bowl contenders next year.
0: Yeah, I agree before I get my number one. I really thought I really thought JOK was a first-rounder, uh, and I thought the Browns were going to take them round one. So when they fell to round two, when he fell to round two to them, that was just phenomenal, and it was luck in my opinion. But obviously at number one, I got the Jets. Um, Joe Douglas, just phenomenal job drafting this year. He He did what he didn't do to Sam Darnold, and he surrounded Zach Wilson with all this amazing offensive talent. Elijah Moore, definitely a first-round pick in my opinion. Michael Carter was definitely a day two guy, which I think that the Jets got really lucky that he was there. Um, Elijah Vera Tucker, I think that trade up was phenomenal. They traded up nine picks and and didn't even give up a first or a second rounder, which was just master was a masterpiece by Joe. Um, and I think that they they signed an undrafted uh, tight end named Kenny Yeboah. Um He's just phenomenal. I think this offense is going to be scary for the next couple of years
1: coming in at number one I've got dub airs uh I mean this is a little bit of a biased pick obviously because but I had to talk about it and you guys already touched on it but this was just Ryan Pace saying you know you can't get rid of me that easy I have some sort of brain cells in my head um and he he did what was necessary he made the splashy pick went up he got Justin Fields there's a franchise quarterback in him but he does need room to develop uh, I love Tevin Jenkins in the second round that addressed a major, major need, uh, and then also they did get uh, another another offensive lineman out of Oklahoma State. Don't have his name on me right now, but they just addressed need after need, uh, and that was great.
0: All right, I think it's time to move on to the worst, the worst teams that. Did not have a great draft. Let's start with Alec this time. Who's your, who's your third worst draft team?
1: Yeah. Um, at third, I got the Arizona Cardinals. Um, they really edged pass rusher and cornerback were really their biggest needs. And they kind of put that on the back burner early. And uh, they didn't address interior line until the last pick. Um, a few I did like the Rondale Moore pick, but I don't see any like come out and start now players on their team. So that's why I didn't like it.
0: Yeah, so with my with my third worst draft team, I, it's, it might be surprising, but I've I've New England Patriots. They got they got their guy Mac Jones, but I really they really just left a big hole in the wide receiver depth chart. There is just no one that in that in that wide receiver room that can help their team. Mac Jones is going to be throwing to nobody, even even with Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith. I think. It just they, they had so many opportunities to take a great wide receiver and they just didn't capitalize.
1: I mean, I think this year they might be looking at a different – I'll come back to you, William, but I just wanted to say this. Okay. I think this year they might be looking at sort of like a different play style, not as much vertical, more like big guy, but I do agree that's a huge gap in their draft.
2: Um, My, my third biggest loser is the Green Bay Packers. While another picks are like – Outrageously bad. Um, just none of them were very good. They selected Eric Stokes, uh, cornerback out of Georgia, who I think is a very good player and will probably fill that slot where Kevin King absolutely crashed and burned in the playoffs. Um, they also drafted Josh Myers, a center to replace um they the center they lost in free agency to the Chargers. However, I don't think they had any picks that would kind of persuade Aaron Rodgers to stay, and I think that should have been a major point in their drafting because outside of um, O-Lineman, they didn't get any real weapons besides Amari Rodgers in the third round, and even at that, he's still not going to be a plug-and-play wide receiver in his, like, first two years.
1: Yeah, at at two, I've got, got the Las Vegas Raiders uh Gruden and Mike Mayock I think they had sort of a rough draft um they really needed some support in the trenches they needed o-linemen defensive linemen those were big needs and they they only addressed it with their final pick uh and they went they went inexplicably safety happy their secondary is already not terrible um, but I just think they didn't address the needs uh and it was kind of just like let me draft best available Mike, what do you got there?
0: Yeah, my bad. Uh, I had Two, I had the Steelers. Um, I really didn't – I wasn't a big fan of their draft. They got Najee Harris and tight end Pat Fairmouth. I probably butchered that. I just feel like those – while those were good picks, like good players, I just feel like they don't fit on the Steelers team. I think there was a big need for offensive line um, with the first two picks, and I don't think that Najee Harris or Pat – or Pat F, you' are just gonna call him that, but I don't think I don't think they're gonna make much of an impact uh, that an o lineman would have.
2: Honestly, that's a good point. Um I kind of forgot about the Steelers. Uh they kind of hampered by injuries in the end of the year, lost Marquise Pouncey. They are longtime center to retirement. Uh so that yeah, that makes perfect sense. Um, however, at my number two spot, I have the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, first two rounds, they selected pass rushers in Pay, and Dayo Yigbo. Sorry, I, I butchered that. Um, and, like, while they're not that bad picks, it doesn't address their issues in parts of the secondary and especially in the tackle spot on the offensive line with the retirement of their longtime starter, Anthony Costanzo. Um, so, while, like, I'm kind of nitpicking here there definitely were other positions of greater need that they should have drafted.
1: Yeah, uh, let me just add on to that. Another draft I just didn't like is the uh, New Orleans Saints. And obviously, after a quiet free agency, right, you're looking to rebuild through the draft because it's, it's cheaper than going out and making a splash in free agency. But I feel like they kind of left empty-handed here without like a surefire impact starter, uh they had they got Peyton Turner with their first pick in this draft, which yes, I do feel is he he's big, he's strong, he's gonna make an impact. But I mean they didn't address a QB until Ian Book. Uh and I, I don't think Jameis is gonna be like they need somebody to bring in and compete with Jameis. So I think they uh they kinda they kind of left empty handed.
0: Um uh, I, I, oh my bad. I got at number one, I have the Packers. Um I think even though their draft wasn't the worst it was the worst for the situation i think they could not have done a worse job of addressing the needs and especially when you have a quarterback coming off an mvp season it's important to to listen to him uh, and kind of build around him even though he's older but i think i think just some of the picks were underwhelming like amari rodgers he's a good he's a good wide receiver but it was too too late um eric stokes I'm not a big fan. I think there could have been other picks there that would have been better. Um but I think I think you got to listen to your, your franchise QB. You got to listen to the guy who's winning you all these MVPs and championships and just
2: yeah. Um at my number 1 spot, I have uh the Las Vegas Raiders. I'm starting to see a trend here with the Raiders. Um they, they reach and get their guy every single draft. Happened with Damon Arnett and Henry Ruggs last year. It happened with Clellan Farrell um, in the 2019 draft. And while I think Alex Leatherwood will be a successful starter, I don't think it will be at the tackle position because there's just some outlying issues with his frame and mobility. Um, the only reason this draft isn't, like, held worse is because they did get a steal in TCU um, defensive back Jerron Morig, who probably should have been a 1st round draft pick, and that kind of counterbalances their reaching with Alex Leatherwood. However, Alex Leatherwood, I'm a big fan, uh, proclaimed meme concierge, over 1,000 memes, uh, so I, I wish him luck on, on the Raiders. Did
0: you just say meme
2: concierge? Yeah, that's what he described himself as. Isn't
0: a meme connoisseur? Kind
2: of connoisseur, sewer <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> my bad. My oh bad. Oh my god. It's cool. It's cool.
0: It's all, all cool. right.
1: Um, we'll make some memes out of that to post on Instagram. Okay. Uh, moving on. Um, uh, we're getting into the later rounds. and more teams are always looking to get some big value players. Uh, first and second round talent really found themselves falling into the third and fourth rounds. And we're going to discuss which teams capitalized on those opportunities and uh, got themselves star players on the back end of this draft. So yeah. uh, we'll start with you, Mike.
0: Yeah, I'll start going up a little bit. So I have a fourth rounder, a third rounder, and then uh, a second rounder that fell. But at three, I got Michael Carter running back from North Carolina. Um, the Jets have an awful run- running back room. And I think that Michael Carter you know, is a great pick to help them out. Um, he was one of the he was one of the leaders uh, in efficiency and i th- he performed very well at the senior bowl, so I think he's going to help the jets a ton um and help elevate that new new brand of offense.
1: all right um in the I'm not sure if this is the second, third or fourth round, but Dallas Cowboys they selected uh Jabril Cox out of lSU and uh, I think this is a great great funny last name but great pick uh he recorded an 85.2 coverage grade according to pff uh, depending on how high on pff you are uh he then he transferred to lsu for the 2020 season and he became the third highest graded off-ball linebacker in coverage uh his coverage skills are there and that's why i think he's such a value player because you certainly don't get a big linebacker like this who is able to just drop back in coverage and uh and cover your wide receivers, running backs, and all that.
2: Chubro Cox was actually a player I was considering having on this list, but I kind of booted him at the last minute. Um, So my number three spot, I have Aziz Ojulari. I'm kind of biased here because the Giants picked him. Um, But Ojulari was one of the top edge rushers in the draft. However, he did slide to the second round, and the Giants not only drafted him, they traded down and got draft capital and still were able to pick him.
0: Yeah, so the we're, this kind of this whole segment is kind of ba- about the value that these picks bring. Um, at ninety at the ninety seventh pick, the Chargers got Trey McKitty. Uh, I I I'm personally a big fan of him. Uh, I think his game just fits so well with the Chargers, and especially because they lost Hunter Henry, this is a perfect pick. He's a dynamic p- pass catcher. Um, he's he's relatively small, but I think he f- kind of fits, like I said, into that whole um, Chargers offense, and he's going to do well with Herbert.
1: Yeah, another another player I really liked, uh, who I thought brought a lot of value at a later round. Well, not really a later round. In the second round, uh, the Bears got Tevin Jenkins, and um, I think this is a ridiculously valuable pick for them, and mostly just because of the circumstance with the Bears. Uh, you draft Justin Fields in the earlier rounds. Uh, this just adds immense value. Uh, for a young quarterback and for an offensive line that needs big holes. I mean, on the statistical side, he allowed three total sacks on 1,304 pass-blocking snaps. Uh, and just airing his skill set with Justin Fields is just uh, something that should have a huge impact.
2: Um, At number two, another difficult name to pronounce, I have Hamasa nasir uh drafted by the Jets. Um, I think he is a player that like the sky's the limit with him. Great leader, smart player, very good athlete. He has potential to play both linebacker and safety. Um, not only that, he also has a little bit of background on special teams. So while he may not make an impact in his first year on defense, he's definitely can do it in other ways. Um, I think he's a player that if the jets develop correctly, um, he could be a very good like niche linebacker coverage linebacker slash in the box safety.
0: Yeah. I like that pick as well. I was, I didn't know much about him, but then I saw some, some PFF stuff on him and I like the pick. Um, but in the second round, the bills got Carlos Basham. Um, I really like that pick. I think he fell a little too far. Um, and the bills scooped up, um, an Opportunity because now they have Gregory Roseo and Carlos Basham on the edges, and that's going to be disgusting front four for them. Um, I think they just nailed that pick, yeah, that's all I got on him.
1: Uh, in the, in the later second round, pick 59, uh, Terrace Marshall uh, came off the board at LSU, and um, he's not like a ridiculous uh, wide receiver. He may be a product of good QB uh, at LSU, but where he brings value is he, he has this ability to run precise routes and uh, his, according to a, a model or the PFF did, it was like he was running more and more precise routes every year. Uh, he went up, he hauled in 20 con- contested catches since 2019. That's just behind Kyle Pitts. And, uh, yeah, he brings value because he will go up and get the ball and he will be able to run great routes at the higher level.
2: Um, At number one, it wasn't like a massive steal. It's more that it's surprising that he slid this far. I have Justin Fields. Oh, well, I don't think Fields is going to be the best quarterback from this class Um, because Trevor Lawrence still exists. I think that, like, his potential is, is sky high. And let's not forget that this was a guy who, like, a few months ago was considered, like, a unanimous second overall pick and the the second-best quarterback in the class before Zach Wilson's uh, stock just skyrocketed. And it's a miracle that he fell to 11 with, like, so many teams that are just in desperate need of a good quarterback. All
0: right, now moving on to one of the most debated topics every year when the draft rolls around. Is it worth it to take a running back in the first round? This year, two running backs were taken in the first round. Some people say it's more important to beef up the O-line instead of improving the run game, but some analysts believe drafting a running back is the way to go. This week, we're going to debate whether drafting a stellar running back is is the right move in the first round. Let's start with you, Alec. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, first off,
1: um, I really think I'm really big on the game is win one in the trenches and, uh, you're a casual football fan. If you, if you don't believe this too, um, and everyone knows you need a good O-line to be successful and you need a good O-line to be able to create holes for your running back. And only to me, and only in certain situations should you ever go and draft a running back before, uh, getting a, a Suble type o And that's when you have just a absolute talent. Um, And, but those talents don't come off very often. So I I think it's more important to just go and get that
2: line. Um, I'm kind of in the same thought. Uh, I think, I don't think you should draft a running back in the first round, unless they're like truly a game changer hall of fame talent, like a Christian McCaffrey, Derrick Henry, Saquon Barkley type player. Um, I think a main reason for this is that teams just aren't picking running backs that often in the first round. Like you are, there's a very good chance that you can get not sometimes the first or second running back uh, in the draft in the second round. And also we're seeing this more and more each year that like running backs are kind of expendable. Nobody wants to pay a running back big dollars because like the shelf life of a running back is just going down each year. It's like around it's about four or five years. Um, and we've seen more and more teams just do running back by committee. Uh, you saw it a little bit with the Colts this year. Um, well down the stretch they did rely on Jonathan Taylor. Uh, you saw it with the Bucks they didn't really have a true number one running back. Uh, you'll probably see it next year. Next year with the Raiders. Um, and I, I another reason is I think you can always find good running backs deeper in the draft.
0: Um, I'm kind of, you know, in the middle here. I agree with you guys. I think they the running backs are kind of inter- interchangeable, and you know, there's unless you're a generational talent, you don't you don't have really an advantage over the next guy. But I also think I'm a big believer in you get your guy at your pick. So if you if you need really need a running back like the Jets did, you get him at you get him at a high pick. But I still think I still think that running backs have a ton of value cuz they're kind of part of three different aspects of the game. They're part of the blocking game, they're part of the pass catching game, and they're part of the running game. So I think it's important to have a guy and draft a guy that can do all three and if that means taking him in the first round, then you can take him in the first round.
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree. But I I would argue that if you went and beefed up an O-line, you would kind of solve to two of those really aspects of a running back. One is uh, first of all, if you have a mediocre class, blo- you have a mediocre blocking running back and you have a good O-line, uh, you, you want that good O-line instead of like a, a better blocking. But then what I would say is I kind of agree with Liam in that running backs are sort of more so like a product of their offensive line and I'm not sure just an absolute product, but there's a lot of running backs who put up consistent stats just because they're O lines.
2: Yeah. I think if you're a running back that can put up good stats with a just like a mediocre or bad O line, that is when you deserve to be drafted in the first like 40 picks or so. Um, and that's that's kind of like the players like Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry didn't have a single All Pro or Pro Bowl O line. he still ran for two thousand yards. And then there's the opposite where there's Ezekiel Elliott and the Demarco Murrays who were just running behind a stacked Cowboys offensive line and putting up good stats. And once they either changed teams or that O line kind of depleted, uh, they their like stats just got worse exponentially.
0: Well, I think if you're talking about having a good O line. There's multiple examples of O-lines that, you know, still don't have offenses with great running backs. Like I don't think the Chiefs used their offensive line to improve their run game. I think they used it to protect Patrick Mahomes and give him more time in the pocket. Um, like Liam said, the Titans didn't have a great offensive line, and Derrick Henry still set rushing records and led the re- league in rushing. Um, so I think the offensive line is more you know what what you want to use it for because you you want to use it for the passing game you want to use it for a running game but I think like Liam said you know running backs can still survive in in bad offensive lines and it it's not it's not the end-all be-all
1: yeah I think the Chiefs are more of like a, a fluke in that situation because um with Patrick Mahomes I mean obviously you're gonna you're gonna want to pass the ball um but I mean, Clyde edwards hilaire he had a he had a good year, um, and then they also had, I mean, Le'Veon Bell had a subpar year too. But when they needed to run, they they could move the ball on the ground too.
2: I think you a good example of that is from the championship or the Super Bowl uh, with Damian Williams. Like he he's never he's never going to be a guy that's getting 20 plus touches on the ground. But like when you give him the ball, when you like need to run, he will be productive. And that that's partially due to the Chiefs' offensive line. What, what, are, your guys th- what are your
0: guys' thoughts about fullbacks though? Because I mean, there's th- there's there was I think I don't know if correct me if I'm wrong. There's one fullback taken, Ben Mason in this draft. Yeah. Um Michigan. I really wanted the Jets to take him, but the Ravens really the Ravens and the 49ers really like to use the fullback and I like the pick for for the Ravens. But I think the fullback adds a, a lot of value to a team. I mean I
2: I'm a very big pro fullback guy. Uh I like Kyle check Um I like Patrick Patrick Ricard on the Ravens when he gets his touches. Um I think gone are the days of like the the Mike Allstots who are just who are running for a thousand yards a year as a fullback, but I think a fullback can still be a, like a very good utility all-around player.
0: Yeah, they're definitely kind of the I don't want to say six man, but like they they're they're the the pinch hitter of the yeah, the yeah, NFL where you just you just plug them in for the the fourth and one or the goal line. Um and he gets the job done. I mean they're they're very efficient. And I would I would definitely have liked to pick ben mason over in my with if i was the ravens
1: i think they're i mean they're just they're effective if you can use them um and it takes like a a bold coach to be like instead of using your star running back oh i'm gonna put the fullback in there but i think those are gambles that the coaches should be willing to take
0: all right if that if that wraps it up for our running back discussion. I think that wraps up the episode. So I want to thank everybody for tuning in to this week's episode of Between the Lines podcast. Next week, we are continuing our series defining the decades and discussing the 70s and all the greatest sports moments from that era. Thanks for tuning in.